Hey guys, welcome to the latest episode of the Meant for Big Things podcast. I'm so excited you're here, and today's episode is going to be a little different. It's going to be very informational and very jam-packed. So if you're studying abroad, get ready, because this is the ultimate guide to successfully studying abroad. I wanted to start this episode off by thanking you guys so much for your support on the merchandise. Recently, I released a Meant for Big Things hoodie, and it's been selling so well, I had to place another order to keep up with demand. So if you haven't gotten one yet and you want one, you can reach out to me at Grayson Pruitt or at Meant for Big Things on Instagram or via email at graysonpruitt at gmail.com. Now let's get right into the episode. For those of you who have been here since the beginning, you know that I spent my freshman year of college abroad in Switzerland. Now, before I went off to Switzerland, I didn't know what to do about a phone plan, what to do about debit and credit card, what to pack, how to best engage with the locals, and what to do about public transport. And these things made me really worried and really nervous to go abroad. So over the last few weeks, I've enlisted the help of friends I've studied abroad with and people I know who have studied abroad to answer a lot of these questions that are causing this worry and nervousness. So let's first go over what do you pack? First rule of thumb, don't overpack. Pack light. There's going to be a lot of stuff you're going to want to take back to the States. You're going to need space in your suitcase. Two, if you can't see yourself wearing something more than a few times, don't bring it. You need that space. Three, if you don't know what kind of clothes to bring, start off with a great pair of jeans and rain jackets and rain boots. Also, you're going to want clothes that are easily layered. So like a scarf, a sweater, turtlenecks are great. Any sort of jacket is also awesome. Now, because you're studying abroad, you are going to be walking a ton. Make sure you have really comfortable sneakers and multiple pairs of good walking shoes. You're also going to be doing a little bit of partying. So have some nice dress shoes that you can throw on and go to the club in. Moving on, you're going to want to have an international travel adapter slash convertible charger. The plugs outside the U.S. are different. You are going to need this. Get this on Amazon. So now let's move on to phone plans. What do you do? First things first, download WhatsApp and tell your friends and family to do the same. This allows you to communicate with no cost worldwide. You can call, you can text. You really only need to be on Wi-Fi, and it's a great way to stay connected. Now let's get into the types of plans. What I did when I went to Switzerland was enroll in a prepaid phone plan. Basically, they charge you monthly or they have like a flat rate that they charge where you get a SIM card and you get a local number. So if you're going to Italy, you're going to get an Italian number. If you're going to Switzerland, you're going to get a Swiss number. And the only caveat is that you can only call within your home country. This plan allows you to have a good amount of data, but not too much that you're going to be on your phone all the time. Basically, it allows you to have the data when you need it, but it also allows you to be present during your experience abroad. There's also an unlimited plan with unlimited data across Europe. This is way more expensive, but if you're planning on traveling a lot outside of your host country and you are directionally challenged and don't feel like asking locals or random people for directions, this may be something that is attractive. Now, if you're a T-Mobile user, there are a couple different options. You can stay on your U.S. plan, which will give you unlimited texting and two gigabytes of data, which really isn't sufficient if you're on your phone a lot. And it charges you 25 cents a minute when you call. If you want to be on a T-Mobile international plan, this is good for traveling to more than one country across Europe. So the next big thing is what do you do about credit cards and debit cards? 
first rule of thumb, always have cash on you. You are always going to need cash. Next, you're going to want to get a credit card that does not have any international transaction fees. Some really good ones are the Chase Sapphire Preferred, that's what I used, and the Capital One Journey for students. There's also the Bank of America Travel Rewards Card. Keep in mind that Discover does not work in the United Kingdom. Be sure to tell your bank and your credit card companies that you're going out of the country. They're going to ask where you plan to travel. Just tell them any possible place you plan to go to. This is for mitigating fraud purposes. Next thing to keep in mind is when you shop and whenever you use your credit card, try and get the vendor to charge you in the local currency. So in euros and francs and marks, because then your bank will do the conversion rate on its own, which usually ends up being cheaper for you than getting charged in USD from the start. So now that you have this information, make sure you have either Venmo, PayPal, or Apple Pay downloaded and set up before you go abroad. These apps will not be downloadable once you leave the United States. Venmo really came in handy when I was paying people back for Uber rides, for drinks, and for trips. This is a necessity. So talking about money, how much should you bring and how should you budget? I would have at least a couple thousand dollars in the bank, 2000 to 3000 if you are going to be doing a lot of traveling. You also need to take into consideration how expensive the country you're living in is and pay attention to exchange rates. For example, Switzerland has a very high cost of living, which means my groceries are going to be more expensive there than in Italy. So I had to plan accordingly. If you want to make a little extra cash, you can sometimes get money through babysitting and tutoring in English, check local community events, join Facebook groups, and ask your school for any of these opportunities. So next, let's talk about transportation. If you're going to Europe, you are in luck because transportation here is absolutely phenomenal. You're going to be doing a lot of walking, so remember to bring those really good walking shoes. But this allows you to get to know the city much better and have those unexpected abroad adventures. If you're in a major city, sometimes they will have Lime or Bird scooters, which allow you to hop on a scooter. You just have to download the app and you pay as you ride. When I was in Poland, we took these all over these different cities, and it was a really fun way to live out our touristy fantasy and get to know the city well without having to walk. Now, in terms of public transportation, in Europe, you can get a metro card. These are usually 20 euros per month. And this allows you to use buses, trams, and subways, and this is totally worth it. Remember that trains and this public transportation are your best friend. However, if you're going to Italy, keep in mind that Italian train workers will go on strike. You have to be prepared to figure out alternate transportation plans if need be. There was one night I was in Milan and I had to get back to Lugano, which is where I studied in Switzerland, and the workers went on strike and we were potentially going to be stranded and needing to find a hotel for the night. However, we were able to find a driver to take us the two-hour trip. So make sure you have plan A, B, C, and D and know where you are in relation to other places. With the public transport, there are a lot of good websites and apps to help you with purchasing tickets and showing timetables like SBB for Switzerland and Trainline in the United Kingdom. If you don't want to take any of these, there are Ubers and taxis, but they can be expensive and I would advise against it as much as you can. If you want to take a fun little weekend trip, use Skyscanner to find cheap flights and Ryanair as a really great cheap airline. Just some rules of thumb and tips when you're taking this public transport. Be very wary of pickpocketers. They're really good at what they do. Keep your bags close and be alert. Also, know where your passport is at all times. 
I had a travel bag where I had all my IDs, my passports, the portable charger, earphones, extra cash, and you're probably going to want hand sanitizer and a mask. This kind of travel go bag is really going to come in handy wherever you go. So now that we've covered a lot of formalities, let's talk about some tips on going out in a foreign country. Biggest thing is to always go in a group, especially if you're a girl, and to leave no friend behind. When you're abroad, people can totally tell that you're American, and they'll target you more, especially street vendors. Don't be afraid to not engage and to just say no. One of my friends said that the biggest giveaway that you're American are the kind of shoes you wear. So check the local shoe style and dress accordingly. I've been saying this throughout the episode, and I will keep saying this. Always carry cash on you. A really good tip someone taught me was to always carry $20 of whatever your currency may be just in case you need a taxi after you go out. This has saved me many times. If you want to start cutting costs somewhere, it's usually cheaper to buy your own alcohol. So before you go out, pregame with your own alcohol and sneak something in if you really want to. So how have things changed with COVID? First thing is that you always are going to want to have some sort of ID on you along with your vaccination card to gain entry into places like museums and restaurants. I would also have an album on your phone titled Important Documents where you have a picture of your passport or any other card that is important to easily access it just in case something happens. For those who are in Italy, COVID restrictions can vary by region, so be aware of these changes. And to keep track of what's happening, you can follow Twitter accounts in English for updates of rules and news. So when I asked my friends what they wish they did more of, One of the biggest things was that they wish they had engaged with the locals more and learned the language more. So how do you do that? The best way to do this is to go to community events. Spend time in your host city and really get to know the area. Shop local and start to learn greetings in the language. You can also start going to church. Babbel is a really great app that allows you to learn the basics of your language. You can start adding music, and watching TV shows in your language to help speed up the process. By the time you get there, you should know how to ask for help, how to ask for directions, how to say hello, thank you, and goodbye. Don't be afraid to mess up. The natives will really appreciate the effort, and this will only aid to your success in studying abroad. So let's expand upon what people wish they did more of. First thing was that they wish they had put more effort into meeting other international students. Second was learning the language more and engaging more with the local culture. Third was taking more classes with an international focus or perspective, like comparative politics or art history. Four was to step out of your comfort zone more. Your future self will thank you for this. Now is the time to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. I next asked my friends things they wish they knew before studying abroad. And here are the top five responses. One, that your abroad experience doesn't have to look like or be the same as anyone else's and that you should do what you want to do because this is your moment, your experience, and your opportunity. Two, that studying abroad is not going to be picture perfect, that you will not be prepared for everything, things will inevitably go wrong, but you will figure out how to deal with it and become proud of yourself. Three, to not go in with expectations and keep an open mind. Four, and this is a really big one, is that you can't run away to a foreign country and expect all your problems to be resolved. You're going to be the same person with the same problems, but just in a different country. So sometimes it's best to deal with the challenges you are facing head on so you can enjoy the rest of your experience. And the fifth biggest thing that people wish they knew before they studied abroad 
was that there is a big difference between spending time abroad and living abroad. The former is much more fun, whereas the latter will equip you with lifelong skills. These lifelong skills are often the hardest part about studying abroad. You have to embrace the uncomfortability that comes with living in a new place because this is where you will grow the most and learn about yourself. When you are feeling out of place and all you want to do is go home and book that flight, don't. This is the defining moment of your experience. Some of the other hardest parts about studying abroad is actually the fear of missing out back home. When you're feeling this, call your friends and family. Humans always have this mentality that the grass is always greener on the other side. Recognize your privilege and where you are right now and realize that everything will be waiting for you when you come back. Another really difficult thing is the time difference and calling family from home and kind of not having that support system with you. Make sure to send a lot of pictures and keep everyone in the loop. But know that sometimes you're going to have to be your own best friend and your own support system. And that's okay. Episode one of the podcast, Turning Fear into Opportunity, talks a lot about these difficult moments and how I had to become my own support system while I was abroad. Check this episode out as a great compliment to this one. One of the other hardest parts about studying abroad is going back home with reverse culture shock. Be prepared to experience this. Not everyone has experienced what you experienced, and they won't be able to relate. And that's okay. That is normal. So now that we've made it to the end, let's talk about some random tips and pieces of advice. First thing, people will have different customs and behaviors than you. If they come off as rude, don't take it personally. Just continue on. Two, find small things that bring you comfort and implement them immediately when you get settled. Like shopping, spending time with your friends, getting a coffee, getting your nails done. Bring this aspect of home to your new home abroad. Three, in Italy and generally in Europe, there are a lot less preservatives in your food, so things are going to go bad quicker than usual. And you're going to have to do a lot more grocery shopping. With this, keep in mind that a lot of stores close really early, like around 7 o'clock, maybe even earlier, so plan accordingly. At restaurants, takeaway and boxing your food up is not really a thing, and it's sometimes considered to be rude. Be cognizant of that. Something I did was instead of buying touristy trinkets, I spent my money on clothing items or posters or postcards and or pieces of jewelry. And I usually got these from Zara and H&M. These places will be your best friend. But keep in mind that return policies for shopping can be a lot more complicated in Europe. So if you really want it, buy it. If you're thinking about it, don't get it. With travel and anything in Europe, be sure to be early. Early is on time. You're also going to want to switch your phone to military time and learn how to read it. It is necessary. If you're doing assignments for school and you're looking at due dates, keep in mind that Europeans put the date before the month. If you're worried about travel emergencies and COVID, you can sign up for STEP, which is the Smart Travel Enrollment Program through the United States State Department, and you can let them know what trips you have planned along with your contact info. This way, the U.S. American Embassy can know where you are in case of an international emergency, and they'll also send you email alerts if there's an emergency in the country you are visiting. Now we're coming up on the most important pieces of advice. Number one, journal a lot. Number two, humans are adaptable. You have to trust yourself. You know more than you think, and you'll learn quicker than you think. Three, if you're studying in a country where your ancestors came from, try to visit where they lived and get to know your heritage. This will give you a greater sense of purpose. Four, just enjoy the moment and live. This is such an amazing time to be alive. Relish in it.
I'm so honored to be a part of your study abroad journey. I hope this answered some of your questions and helped to quell some nerves before you go. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I want to give a huge shout out and thank you to everyone who helped answer these questions and helped make this episode possible. I wanted to thank a few people in particular. Thank you to Mariana Noble, Grace Bacon, Brian DePasca, Flynn McClellan, Daniel Gorman, Grace Kotnick, Spencer Landry, Britton Morell, Haley Morgan, Allegra Misitano, Amelia Mason, Kendall McAllister, and Ali Penna for all your help. If you liked what you heard and you want a little more advice, feel free to contact me at graceandpruitt at gmail.com and I would be more than happy to share with you the full document with paragraphs and paragraphs of detailed advice on what to do when you study abroad. Thank you guys as always for tuning in and I'll talk to you soon. Ciao!